I'm reading from the Old Testament prophets, the book of Ezekiel chapter 37. And I'll just read a little, I won't read the whole, though it has its own profundity and it necessitates our discovery. I hope that after all these years, there's been enough teaching and inspiration to provoke the whole church to have a daily Bible reading that every day you read the scripture. And I really hope that you're not waiting for Sunday to get your allotment of sermon and Bible study and time with God. Because if that's the case, then you're in bad, and you've got to, you've got to have a renewal of a relationship with the Lord. It's got to start tomorrow, and, and it's got to be on Thursday morning and Friday morning. And we want to have a talk with Jesus. And a time with the Lord. So I'm, I'm going to urge you again, pick up your Bibles in the middle of summer. Don't let it go. And read that scripture. And spend a little time, 5, 10, 15 minutes with the Lord every day. It'll change the way you think. It'll clear some of that, some of that rottenness out of your brain. And, and it'll clear away the cobwebs in your mind. And if you're not reading the scripture, you're not having a daily prayer time with God, then you're going to struggle. Your feet's going to be in mire and clay. And when I'm preaching the word, it's going to be a, it's going to take a little time for you to even get into the word because it took so much time for you to even get into the church and the spirit of what's going on. So I'm urging all the people, pick up your Bibles and read your scripture every day. Amen. I got about 3% of you. Okay, well, I'm going to do that again. Tomorrow morning, you open up your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you go to the bookstore and you get a Bible. If, if they don't have a Bible, if they run out of Bibles in the bookstore, I've got a few phone numbers you can call and you can hear the Bible read to you. If you have a computer, open up your Bible. If you have a phone, open up your Bible app and read the Scripture because you need the Scripture today. You don't need the news. You don't need the news. I can tell you what the news is saying. The news is like a soap opera. As the world turns was the old soap opera. As the world burns is the modern soap opera. Every day it's the same thing. You don't, need, you don't need the news. You need Jesus. You need the Scripture. That's what you need. Because if you don't have the Scripture, you're going to end up carnal. And you're going to wallow in everything. And you're going to wonder, what's the preacher talking about? Amen. Okay. I'm not done. Close your Bible for a moment because I can't even get to Ezekiel until I get to the heart. We got to get to the heart of the matter. We got to be a spiritual people. This is what 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 did Brother Terry Broadstreet just say? It's not a social club. This is not we where we come to find out where we're going to eat afterwards. Who cares where we're going to eat? I would just submit you might as well put down your fork and run after Jesus. Stop eating and start stop eating that food and start eating this food. Here's the bread of life. 
If you want to know why things are not going right, I'm going to tell you why they're not going right. Because you've not got in the Word. We've got to get back to the Word of God. Why'd you get home late? Well, there's a, I forgot the time. Why didn't you put the trash container out? I didn't realize. Why were you speeding? I didn't know what the speed limit was. See that? You'll be judged out of that. And we are without excuse in this house. There was a time when God said, you know, they just don't know. So he closed his eyes for a moment. The Bible says he winked at ignorance. He's not winking anymore. You are without excuse. You have the Holy Ghost right in front of you. You have the Word right in front of you. You have the altar right in front of you. You have the freedom. We are without excuse. You live in the greatest nation of the world where you can lift up your hands and shout on the street corner that Jesus is Lord. You have the church and you ought to act like you're thankful and get in the Word. Right, I'm okay. So, sorry, it's a little aggressive for Sunday morning. <laughs> it's a little aggressive, yeah. Because <laughs> when I walk to the pulpit, I know I'm about to preach this word, and if you're not in the spirit, you're just going to be dry and dead and 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 and, and uncaring. And I, I'm not. I don't want to preach to an apathetic apathetic crowd. I I'm, I got to have somebody that believes the word. We're we're going to do the word. We're going to do the word. We're going to do the word. Listen. If you wanted, if you wanted just a sermon and a lecture, this is not the place to get a lecture or a sermon. This is a word from God. This is going to change our lives. I've got to have a life change. I'm looking at a world that needs to be saved. I'm looking at people that need to be healed and delivered. Amen. Lift up your hands right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke everything that would come against the word of God. I take dominion over every foul thing, every thought and every spirit. I take into captivity everything that rises itself. Let everything that rises up against you and to your precious word. I pray right now against it and I lose freedom in the Holy Ghost. And I lose joy, Lord, and I, I lose a receptive spirit right now. And everything and every dark thing that would come against you, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray, bring it down, Lord, I pray. Put it under our feet, Lord, right now. So that the word of God can be made manifest. So that the people of God can be set free. So that the kingdom of God can advance. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. Holy God, Holy Savior, Holy God. Come on, walk with me. We're we're on the outside, but there's a gate called praise. You're passing through Judah to get inside. I praise you, Lord. I'm entering your gates with thanksgiving and through your courts with praise. Now you're in the outer court. There's an altar in front of you. I, I repent. Forgive me of my sins. I'm sacrificing. 
Everything's on the altar, Lord. I know nothing but what you say, Lord. I'm crucifying my flesh right now. Now walk past that. Now go into the holy place. Now you're walking past. You can smell the incense. You, 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 you just passed by the water. You've been washed. You've already been washed. You've been baptized in the name. Now you're going to make your way into the Holy of Holies. There is the presence of the Most High God. Come on, somebody. Make their way. The Shekinah glory is resting. All you have to do is reach out. He has already torn down the veil. You can boldly go into that throne room. You can boldly go before the throne of grace. Anything that you ask, anything that you say, he said, come and make your petitions known unto me. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Amen. Okay. Ezekiel chapter 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones, caused me to pass by them. Behold, there were many in the open valley. They were dry. They were very dry. God said, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, Lord, only you know. I don't know. I'm going to tell you, that's the right response. Because that response leaves God to do whatever he's going to do. I'm not arrogant enough to know what God has in store. I'm just waiting for the next command of the Lord. Only you know, because I can't lift them up or raise them up or resurrect them. A lot of people bemoaned that. They've cried about that. They've they, they've dis- besmirched him, but he didn't know. And again, he said to me, prophesy upon these bones and say, everyone repeat, say. Do it again. Say. Say unto them, oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. That's what God told him to say. Just repeat after me. Oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Say it, Ezekiel. Oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. (laughs) Thus saith the Lord unto these bones, just speak on my behalf. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and bring upon flesh upon you, cover you with skin, put breath in you, and you will live, and you'll know that I'm the Lord. So I prophesied. Because that's what the Lord commanded me to do. And as I said, there was a noise and a shaking. And something was coming together. So I prophesied. be seated but if you're seated then you ought to be clapping and thanking God while you're seated out of your mouth you ought to praise God 
Everybody ought to say something. Say something. Say, I love you, Jesus. Somebody say, you're Lord of all. Somebody say, hallelujah. Come on, let the voice come out. Let your voice come out. There was a a river in in Babylon named Kabar. It was noted, though, from other scholars, not necessarily scripture, that it was a crisp water. The Euphrates River and all of its tributaries also was made known in the Babylonian empires. These rivers, Kabar, the lesser, Euphrates, the greater, enabled the nation of Babylon to become mighty. If so, that crisp water might have refreshed any would-be would be patron. But when you are a captive, nothing tastes good. The fresh fruit and the clear water never satisfies you. When you are bound, held, captive. It was by this river that a 30-year-old prophet named Ezekiel was given insight by the Lord. The revealed word left its mark. But the sorrow of Ezekiel's captivity in Babylon could not be kept. Israel's sin had led them to a foreign land. Like all sin, ladies and gentlemen, there is a bondage in every location that sin will take you. You might not even think you're bound, but you are. Once you step off into that abyss, it's hard to see even the person you used to be. And many have succumbed to that false image of themselves. Sometimes bitterness overwhelms the heart so that they forget the joy of the Lord. It's happened to many. The memory of God's blessing might be the only thing that might keep your spirit alive. In Psalm 137, verse 1, they cried out, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. They were crying by the rivers. Because no matter how clear the waters were, they were bound. They were held captive. They were not where they wanted to be. So they sat down by the rivers of the captive nation and wept and remembered the cool waters of Jerusalem. Sadly enough, by the time Ezekiel steps onto the stage, the spiritual state of Israel is now wasted. Ezekiel is given insights into both the reality of his present time by the Lord and then into the future of a time to come. In fact, Ezekiel will prophesy about the third temple that I believe is going to come in our lifetime. All of the artifacts have already been made to put into the third temple. 
We know that. Some of them we've seen with our own eyes. We could be a year away or mere months away from the formation, the beginning of the final third temple, where at last the Antichrist will enter and kick out the holy priest, and he'll make a sacrifice called the abomination of desolation. And then everyone will know that it's over. And everything you think is common and ordinary will be gone. Normalcy will be turned into chaos and the world will collapse as you know it. And Ezekiel saw it when he wrote about the third temple. I want to tell you, none of us are going to be without excuse. You've heard it here. If this was the first time, let me tell you, the world is not going to last forever. Jesus is coming back. There will be a rapture or a catching away of the church. Amen. Amen. You don't know how close we are. I'm feeling it. We're close. We're close. The Lord's coming back. The people of God, you better wake up. The Lord's coming back. If there was ever a day for us to be committed, now's the day to be committed. If you weren't committed yesterday, right now is a brand new day. Whatever's been in the past, that's in the past. Whatever happened on Friday or last month, it's gone. Today is a new day. You got to say, you got to, you out of your own heart, you got to say, this is a brand new day. I'm serving the Lord with all of my heart. Amen. Ezekiel wrote of the construction of this final time, but in between, the Lord brought him by the Spirit to a valley full of dry bones. And the scattered bones will then represent the nation of Israel, the children of Israel. They are lifeless and without composition. Now think now. Ezekiel has been deposited in this visionary place of dry bones, and it's a large place. They, they are without life, unlike the daughter of Jairus, who some said she was dead, and Jesus said she was asleep. There is no question to the finality of these scattered and parched bones. Unlike Lazarus, who was in the tomb four days, and his own sister said, No, Lord, he stinks by now. But these bones held no odor, and they held no body. Many have preached about a revival. Many preach about revival when reality they're talking about evangelism and we need evangelism. See, there are two different subjects here because the latter is finding someone who doesn't know the Lord and bringing them into the family of God. That's a brand new believer. They didn't know, but now they know. And now they come in and they get the same inheritance that we all are going to get. But the former is the one who found the Lord. They... They were saved, but then they, they went back, and now they need to be revived. That's revival. Revival is an awakening. It is the subject of life to death to life again. It is a return to once what, what was. They, they represent, the, these, these people who need to be revived, they represent, here they are, the reviler, the backslider, the discouraged, the carnal, yes, the confused, them also, the misled, the antagonist, oh my, the deceived and the wounded. And there may be others. And I look from the sky 
And I saw the Wabash Valley and the bones scattered throughout. Some I did not recognize because I had no prior relationship with them. But they were there having once taken on the name of Jesus in baptism. They had once received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and worshipped and sang all the songs that we have sung. But they are now dry and cold and they are scattered. Even having forgot the wonder of it all except for one hidden reminder about what was left. And my vision is not the only one. One in a small town in New England, 15 families left the truth years ago. Today, their children have no interest in Pentecost or Pentecostal worship, and their grandchildren have no memory of it. It's going to take a revival in one of our, it's going to take a revival to restore people, and we're going to have a revival because this valley is full of dry bones, and it's time for us to pray, God, give us a mighty apostolic revival. For the discouraged, for the wounded, for the confused, for the reviler, for the backslider. In one of our large cities, middle America, a pastor spoke to me a couple years ago. He had baptized, it was a few years, but he had baptized a little over 1,200 people. Most of them, the great, great majority of them walked away from the truth. But I have a vision. Dry bones are no match for the voice of God's people. So I prophesied. Dry bones are no match for when I open up my mouth and speak. So I prophesied. You might think that's got to be real fancy. It doesn't have to be real fancy. It's just me using my own vocal cords and speaking out of my mouth. Something that the Lord has commanded me to speak. And not for me only, but for all of us. Here's Matthew 21. Jesus answered and said to them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you will say to that mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, it shall be done. You think this is a big deal that I curse the fig tree? Let me tell you, if you'll say to that mountain, Move mountain, and throw yourself into the sea, it shall be done. Here's the next verse. And all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in, in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. So I prophesied. Now the counter voice is at work also. Because the enemy is never more present than when we come to this place. I know nothing that stirs up. I don't want to, if you're new, I know these terms are kind of odd. But I know nothing that stirs up the demonic world like the people of God asking for something in Jesus' name. And there are familiar rebuttals all the time. Because people that are in the church often say when I'm preaching or when this word comes forth or when any evangelist comes with faith, they'll say, I've tried that before and it doesn't work. It's, I, I, it, that's been a long time. I've given up. I, I, I closed the book on that years ago. Doubt keeps us silent and fear keeps you bound. 
the tangible evidence before your eyes often shuts down and keeps you silent and keeps your mouth closed because hopelessness is a dry bone, parched and it's wasted. But I come here today just to say, I've come to prophesy. So I prophesied. Then weariness comes. Man, there's nothing like weariness just to be weary in your spirit. There's a reason why Paul wrote, be not weary in well-doing. He wrote, be not, why did he write that? It was for, it's not just for no account, because we know we can get weary in well-doing. You're doing good, but you just get, you just get tired. You get weary in your heart and your energy, because doing right and doing well can feel very heavy at times. And many people have quit. They've stopped. They've given up. They've laid down. They've turned around. They've walked away, and they've left the cause simply because they got weary. But the apostle said, don't give up even when you are weary because there's more than just four seasons in this life. There's a season called due season. That's the season if you don't get weary in due season, you're going to reap if you think not. So the fifth season is greater than all the seasons. And the fifth season is when everything you've been working for comes to fruition. I'm here to prophesy today. Something's going to happen and I'm calling out to all the dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. So I prophesied, so I said, so I opened up my mouth and I spoke. The Lord just spoke to me. You came here. You haven't come to church in a long time. I don't know who you are. But the Lord is speaking to you. You're, you're coming alive. God's brought you back. <laughs> he, he drew you. <laughs> you felt a little empty, but when you're going to get done, you're going to have muscle and strength and joy, and you're going to have purpose and a cause. I want to warn the church, when they come, do not say, I never thought you'd ever make it back. Don't ever open up your mouth. When I would get in trouble and say something bad, mostly Scott, Dad would say, I'm tired of your fat mouth. How can your mouth be fat? I'm going to quote my dad, don't open up your fat mouth. And say, I never thought you'd ever come back to God. I thought you'd be gone forever. What are you talking about? That's not the atmosphere of this church. We're going to say, I knew you were coming. I knew you would make it back. I believed. I saw it. I had a vision. So I prophesied. I just prophesied. I just said. What, what, what did you want? What, what did you expect? What did you think God could do? What, what did you think was going to happen when the Valley of Dry Bones are out there and all the people are scattered and they don't even have any life in them? Did you think it was impossible? Well, you don't understand who God is. Nothing's impossible with the Lord. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Amen. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. 
They're a mess, really. How big of a mess? He likes them too. He likes the messes. He li- Listen, he likes it. He's ready for it. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord because the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever and ever and ever and ever. Because the Lord is right and he's always going to be right because the Lord is a resurrecting Savior. He calls those things which be not as though they were. He spoke unto the tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. He told to the daughter, telleth a kumai, I say to thee, get up, rise, and walk. So I prophesied. I know, I know. See, we think prophecy is a mystical thing held by unique and rare people. It could be true, but prophecy in the scripture can merely or simply mean preaching. Sometimes prophecy translated as preaching. Acts 19, Paul rebaptized, you said this, Elder, uh, Twelve men who themselves were already believers. They, they believed. But Paul laid his hands on them. Here's Acts 19. When he laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. They spake with tongues and prophesied. They were preaching. And in some aspects, prophecy was preaching. In other references to prophecy means to reveal or expose what is currently taking place. That's called foretelling. 2 Samuel chapter 12, David thought no one knew until the prophet Nathan walked in and said, you committed adultery, you've stolen a man's wife. He said, thou art the man. That's a little disconcerting. When the prophet pulls back the curtain, exposes what's going on, that's called forth-telling. That's revealing things that are currently happening that are hidden. It's speaking about what's happening. Then there's another thing called foretelling. That simply means foretelling the future, what's going to occur. occur. That's, that's probably what most people think prophecy is, and it is true. That part of prophecy speaks ahead of time. It's a word that sees into tomorrow and proclaims events long before they happen. But there's one more. It simply means to speak. To speak to something or over something. And I know how we think We think that all prophecy is about foretelling the future. But in some cases, we just need to speak to something. Ezekiel, can these bones live? I don't know. Who said that you have the answer or have to have the answer for the condition or the future of the bones? I have no assessment. I just have to obey the command. The outcome has always been in his hand. You need to say it. The outcome is in your hands. Jesus decides. I plant. You may water. But we have nothing to do with the increase. God gives the increase. Joshua said, you march and you praise. And they march and they praise. It was just obeying the voice of God. And God is the one who tears down the walls. Here's the prophet. Bring all the empty vessels in. Bring all the empty vessels. And now here's what you're going to do. You're going to pour that little vial of oil and you're going to pour it into these empty vessels. 
Listen, you don't have any control of the outcome. God has control of the outcome. He can fill empty vessels with oil. You don't even know where the oil is coming from. He can tear down every wall. You don't even know how those walls are built or how they're coming down. Here's what Jesus said. Get all the, get all the vessels. Start pouring one vessel into another vessel. See that? That's full of water. Pour it into this one. As they were pouring the vessels of water into another vessel, it became wine. Why? Because the outcome has always been in his hands. It's not in my hands. All I'm commanded to do is just prophesy and speak to it. Here's here's what God said. Prophesy upon these bones and say. Here's verse 4. And again he said to me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them. Just repeat after me. Just repeat after me. Here's your prophecy. Repeat after me. Old valley of dry bones. <laughs> Hear the word of the Lord. You can yell it and shout it, whatever, if you want. You can just talk it out, whatever you want. I, I, so I prophesy. Old valley of Wabash, <laughs> full of all those scattered bones, all those wayward souls, and all those dried up spirits. And, all those people that rejected it and said, I'll never, ever serve God again. All those people who forgot about what the Lord has done. I want to I want to prophesy. I pro- so I prophesied. Oh, ye valley of dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Oh, ye soul that's been dead and dry, hear the word of the Lord. That thing that's been bothering you, hear the word of the Lord. That thing that has afflicted your soul, hear the word. So I prophesied. I just spoke to it. Come on out of your mouth. You got to say it. I cannot say it for you, but you can say it. Valley of dry bones, hear me. Thing that's been haunting me. Things that are dead. I, I never thought they could come to life. The outcome is in the hands of the Lord. The provision is in the hands of the Lord. Now you might think it, but just don't say it. When they walk in, just think, they came back. Uh, uh, they got a lot of skeletons now in their closet. They got a lot of junk. That's okay. The Lord makes all things new. You show me one, one person in here. You don't have something your past you're ashamed of. I'm going to tell you what. You're a liar. You got a bunch of junk in your past that you're ashamed. But God restores you. And he brought you out. And he made you brand new. He gave you hope and a brand new spirit and a brand new life. And he gave you the Holy Ghost. Even Jesus said, no, there's not one good, not righteous, save God. I only know one who's a perfect man. That's Christ Jesus, the man Christ Jesus. Amen. You might think, so, what happened? I don't know. I, I, what I think was we, we called it out. We said it out of our mouth because the Lord commanded. And then the Lord drew them back and started putting their lives back together. And they, they came in in church and they start praying and they start worshiping. And, and they've been here ever since. And we're just thanking God because they were dry and they were dead and they were parched. But what did you do? Well, I just prophesied. What would you say? I said, valley of dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Come together all the bones, and, and I'm, I'm going to put new things in your life, and all the things you lost, I'm going to put together, and all the bones that are coming, all the sinew and all the flesh, and all the things you, you gave up, I'm going to give it all back to you. I'm going to make you a mighty army of the Lord. <laughs> okay, let's just do a little Bible study here for a second. Since you don't have Wednesday, I'll just give you this two-minute Bible study. Fill in the blanks. Create the blanks and then fill them in. 
Are you ready? Acts 4, 17. Acts 4. This is a problem because Peter and John went to the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. They saw a lame man who thought that Peter and John had money. They did not know that these men had no money. They emptied out their pockets, said, look, we have nothing monetary to give you, but we do have something else you might want. At the name of Jesus, of Nazareth, rise up and walk. They took him by the right hand. Now, this is, it's interesting why the right hand. The Bible says it because the right hand is emblematic of authority. I'm reaching out in the authority. There's, there's no mention that they had never done this before. So really, they're just walking by faith. I, I don't know if they knew this was going to happen, but they just said, listen, let's just go for broke. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And then they took him by the right hand and pulled him up. And when he got up, immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. It's in your Bible. And then he went dancing and leaping and jumping into the temple. Now, no one could hide that. And the Sanhedrin council, they're very upset. Because religious people don't like to lose control. I like my religion just like this. I want it cut right there, and I want it to fit in this little thing. Because it it disturbs me if you get out. I'm going to tell you, I'm ready for the Lord to mess you up and disturb you. I'm ready for God to do something in this house that we cannot explain. And we just kind of, whoo, there's something just happened here. I'm ready for the Lord just to kind of electrify this place. When people are healed, something changes. So they put him in the midst of the council. And after they had a long discussion, here's what the Sanhedrin council and the Pharisees said to Peter and John. We don't like this. We don't like your doctrine. We don't like how you're talking. Here's verse 17. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in his name. Don't even say his name. This is where you are in America. You can pray, but don't say Jesus. You can offer any prayer, but don't say Jesus. That's what your government is telling you. Oh, higher power. Something bad happens. All of a sudden, everyone's sending out thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers, who are you praying to? I thought you outlawed that. Who are you praying to? Now they just remove prayers as thoughts. Thoughts? That's all you got for me? Thoughts? You can keep your thoughts. I need a prayer. I need a prayer in a name. I need a name that's above every other name. I need in the name that sets people free. And the Sanhedrin knew it, and they said, listen, they called them, they commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than to God, judge ye, for we cannot but what? That's what you've got to start doing. You've got to open up your mouth. You've got to start speaking. You don't need to overcomplicate it. So I prophesied. What would you do? I just spoke. I said right now in the name of Jesus, I command this devil, I command these things, I command this sickness to be gone. Right now in the name of Jesus, I take dominion over all the stuff that's conflicting my family. Just speak. So I prophesied. What did that mean? I just said out of my mouth, let it be, let it be, let it be. The, 
Pharisees, they, they really, they, they had it for Jesus. They despised him. They, oh, did they ever want him dead. They hated him. They stalked him. They tried to trap him. They were, in, they, they were hiding out in, in, in wheat fields, and, and his disciples once plucked off a little head of, of wheat and were eating it right. They were just grinding it with their teeth, but just the act of, of, of taking the wheat, the, the Pharisees popped up, and they, we caught you. We, we caught you. And Jesus looked at those Pharisees and said, go check this out. I desire mercy more than sacrifice. He's quoting Hosea, and it, it disturbed them at every turn. They find the woman caught in adultery, caught in the very act of adultery, and they bring her to him because they're trying to trap him. They're trying to, they're trying to make, make Jesus uh, 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 Maybe, maybe devil talk or, or, or get him in a corner and, and the Lord would have none of it. They could not get him. Their efforts to thwart the Lord's fame even came to naught. All of their criticisms of him could not hide his incredible and supernatural power. Jesus healed the blind man in John chapter 9. And they said, he's, gonna wor- he's working through Beelzebub. He's a sinner. But the blind man said, whether he be a sinner or no, I don't even know that. But one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see It was irrefutable evidence because it was a spoken testimony. He spoke it, and it was irrefutable evidence. And the Pharisees, they tried to manipulate Jesus by using Old Testament scripture and Jewish customs. Little did they know they were talking to the author of the book that they were trying to use against him. (laughs) He's always ahead of them, of course. They could not defeat him. They cannot turn the heart of the people away from him. So when he finally entered into Jerusalem... In that triumphant entry, the people began to sing. And the Pharisees only had one thing left in their arsenal of tools. The people sang Psalm 118, verse 26. This is what they were singing. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. Blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the Lord. Lord, he is blessed. And the only thing left that the Pharisees had to their disposal was silence. And the Pharisees went to Jesus and said, "Here's let me just quote it to you. Luke 19. Some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said to him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, because the thing that the devil would like to use against us the most is silence, that you would not speak For whatever reason, you just remain silent. You don't praise. You don't prophesy. You don't pray. You don't utter worship. You don't give adoration to God. I just want to submit to all of us, our greatest tool is not our intellect, and it's not the outcome in our hands because we know it's not there. Our tool is just to speak the wonderful works of God and to prophesy and to say to that mountain, get into the sea. I command you to get in the sea. So I'm standing here prophesying all over you. I prophesy powerful spirit. I prophesy faith. I'm preaching. I'm speaking it to you. I speak faith over you. I speak restoration over you. I speak healing over your body. And the rest is up to the Lord. This is a very interesting play that's happened because we already know that the Pharisees were very upset when Jesus rebuked them and said, mm, 
you call yourselves the children of Abraham, but out of these stones, I can raise up the children of Abraham. And when we got to the triumphant entry, they would have rather the people are silent. But Jesus said, listen, if they hold their peace, something is going to make a sound unto me. And I would just say today that if we hold our peace, God will raise up another people that will utter the praises of him. If we don't speak and prophesy and speak to all these things and start talking about it, God will use someone else. But I would say, let's all open up our mouth and say, in Jesus' name, I pray right now over that thing. I pray right now, let it be. Lord, I speak to that valley, that thing that's dead. I pray, bring it back to life. I pray right now, Lord, I know it's scattered and it doesn't look like there's any hope. There's no meat on that bone. There's no life in that bone. They're all scattered and their lives are all messed up. But I pray right now, I prophesy to it. Here, I'm going to do it right now. I prophesy unto your life. I prophesy off your, from, for your children. I prophesy over your family i prophesy over your health i'm not foretelling i'm not foretelling i'm just believing that god is going to do the work and i proclaim it right now in jesus name i prophesy i came here today so i prophesied in the northern part of Indiana last year and I was preaching and in the middle of the, of, of the, the message I don't even know what provoked me but I said I prophesy and then I rattled off a few things and went on and from that moment the pastor each month has called me and told me that everything that I said has come about and that even that next Sunday something happened very specific that he had been praying for. Now you might say, well, you know, Pastor, because maybe that's how you work. I, I want to diffuse that. I just spoke it. And God did the work. I didn't do the work. But Ezekiel was commanded to speak. Ezekiel was commanded, just repeat after me. You don't even have to make it up. You don't have to, you don't have to say anything fresh or new. You don't have to be creative. You don't have to have a whole bunch of stuff prepared. Just repeat after me. Prophesy upon these bones, saying to them, O ye, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God to these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you. You will live. I will lay sinews upon you. I'll bring, repeat after me. I will bring you flesh and, and cover you with skin. Here, Ezekiel, repeat after me. I'm going to put breath in you. You will live. You'll know that I'm the Lord. So I just prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, as I spoke, there was a noise made. Here. All you have to do is repeat what the Lord has commanded you to say. You don't have to be gifted. You just have to be obedient. You don't have to have a long tenure in church. You just have to be obedient. And you've got to say it in the name of Jesus. I pray, I speak right now. 
Now fill in the blank what you're praying for. I speak right now. Come on, somebody. Fill in the blank. In the name of Jesus, I speak over. I'm, I'm giving you. Come on, here we go. In the name of Jesus, I speak over. Name them. Name that. Stand with me right now. Stand with me right now. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. This is an interactive word. We're going to do it. In the name of Jesus. Everyone say in the name of Jesus. I speak. Now na name the situation. Name the person. You might have to mutter it under your breath if you don't want anyone to hear it. But if you want someone to hear it, shout it out of your mouth. If you need a healing, shout it out of your mouth. If you, need, if you need provision, shout it out of your mouth. I speak to this thing called poverty. I speak to this thing called sickness. I speak to that person. I, I speak right now over the name of my friends, my family, my children, my spouse, my situation. I speak over that. I pray life now. I pray life where it has not been. I pray life. Right now I speak to all the bones and all the backsliders and all the revilers and all the wounded and all the discouraged and all the confused and all the deceivers and all the antagonists in our city and on our valley I pray I speak right now let there be a Holy Ghost awakening in Jesus name I pray right now awaken them and let them fill the houses of worship that preach the truth all around this area let it be right now restore right now in Jesus name you know Lord you know you know, Lord. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do what you said to do. You know, Lord. I'm gonna speak it out of my mouth. You know, Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you need to pray for yourself, just put your hand on your chest and say, I speak to the anxiety problem that I have. Remove that from me, Lord. I speak to it. And now take that thing away. I speak to the depression that I'm in right now and the struggle that I'm in. I speak over my mind, all the doubts and all the, all the confusion of my brain. I speak to it right now. Clear my mind, Lord. Help me have a clear mind, Lord Jesus. I speak to all the fear that conflicts me, Lord. I speak to all the self-complexes, Lord. I speak to all the things in my past, Lord. Cover them with the blood of Jesus. That's right, you're doing it right now. You're doing it right now. Speak to that sickness. Speak to that sickness right now. I pray, I speak to it. Sickness, did you know that with his stripes I am healed? Did you know that the blood of Jesus, so I speak to that sickness, you've got to leave my body. You've got to leave my body. Right now in Jesus' name, you've got to leave my body. If you'll believe anything, anything can happen. That's what Jesus said. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. All things are possible. Come on, believe it. All things are possible. When you say it, believe it. You can do anything, Lord. You're going to do this right now. Now I want to I want to expose something and then we're going to we're going to see an outpouring. The moment that the Lord spoke to me and he gave me this I didn't toil with it. I didn't battle it. But the moment that I that the Lord gave me this word to give to you, it was for me.
there was a separate voice that said, be careful, don't give the people false hope. Be careful, because if it doesn't happen, people will leave discouraged. Now that was the design of the enemy to keep me from speaking this. As if it's up to me. It's not up to me. I want to confess, I don't know, but the Lord knows. Now I ask you that are wallowing in logic and analytical minds. You are, you are bound by an analytical thought. What would you want me to say? Just temper yourself. You're going to, you, listen, it, it'll never change. You're just going to have to learn how to live with that thing the rest of your life. That's not what I'm up here to say because that's not what Jesus said. You're just going to have to just cry over them. You're, you're, they're never coming back to God. Is that what you want? No, that's not what the Bible says. Here's what the word of the Lord says. Speak. I'll do the work. Repeat what I say. I'm not giving you false hope. I'm giving you hope. The hope is in Jesus Christ. The hope is in the King Eternal. The hope is in the God who can do everything and anything. He is the great God. And I say to that spirit that spoke to me, nothing's going to rise up against the word of the Lord. And the Lord of the Lord of the Lord is true. It's established forever. My hope is in Jesus. My help is in Jesus. My strength is in Jesus. I rebuke everything. No, my hope is in Jesus. No, it is not false hope. It's hope in the Lord. It's in the it's in the Lord. Everything's in the Lord. His, his grace is in the grace is in the Lord. His mercy is found there. His healing is found there. His power is found there. His resurrection is found there. Speak, 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 speak out of your mouth, speak it out of your mouth, say it in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I say, I prophesy, I utter it, come on right now, lift up your voice, I utter it, I speak it, because nothing is impossible with you, God, nothing outcome is in your hand. The hope is in your hand. Come on, lift up your voice, everyone. Use your voice. The devil wants you to be silent. That's the device of the enemy. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Some of you need to just start worshiping because you know God's already done the work. You need to thank God. Praise him. The devil wants you to be quiet. And the Lord just saying, open up your mouth and say it. 